Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Latest Shiny Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Spector. And with me, of course, is, and I'm going to do a drum roll for you today, Rob, because we always have to keep a, a drum roll. Trumpets. Is, is Mr. <laughs> Rob Hirschfeld. Rob, good morning. Good morning, Stephen. Well, it, it's good to do another podcast, and uh, it's bright early <clears> on a Monday morning, and everyone's smiling, which is exciting. And uh, as usual, we seem to find guests who have never done podcasts before i think people know now if they want to do a podcast up. and they've we're, never we're done friendly. a podcast they get sent to us i think uh you know maybe there should be a fee for new the grinder we're, we're the grinder we're exposed now <laughs> so let me go ahead and introduce our guests we're really exciting his uh company is really interesting and i love their mascot which we'll get to later but uh the co-founder and ceo is is elon peleg elon welcome to the podcast thanks Rob. thanks for having me right. so go ahead and give us just a quick uh background on yourself and don't leave out the fact that you were an international uh athlete which i think is really cool for running uh for those of us who are slower than the turtle and uh, I mean, you'll add a little bit of that. And then from there, we'll go talk about your company, Light Run. Sure. So you're exposing me for the second time. Yes, um, I am. Yeah. Basically, I started out in a totally different profession. It's, it's uh, right. I, I was an athlete until the age of 21. I was an international middle distance runner. Uh, I think that uh, competitive running taught me discipline and competitive spirit. But from that point, uh, I think at the age of 21, I quit and I decided, you know, I want to take this spirit to the entrepreneurship uh, side. So, you know, I founded a, a small startup company together with my current co-founder. Uh, but from that point, we've also started working hard, very hard about our, I would say, technical experience. So I used to work for enterprise and startup companies. Uh, one of them was successfully acquired. It was called uh, Firegrass. It was acquired by Semantic, more in the cybersecurity field. Um, yeah, so, you know, uh, I'm coming from the development background. That's excellent. And what is, and now you're with Lightrun, you founded Lightrun. What does Lightrun do? Mm, this is the more interesting question. So Lightrun here uh, <laughs> to lead what we call uh, the continuous debugging and continuous observability practice uh, by transforming the production environment in software organization to be totally transparent. Um, so enough, enough with buzzwords, I guess. Basically, we allow developers to add, to securely add logs, metrics, traces, what's called the three pillars of observability to applications running in production and staging at runtime. No redeployment, not even a restart is required. And by doing that, the idea eventually is allowing developers to fill these observability gaps that you know, we all suffered from as developers um, at runtime, instead of the current workflow by which each time you miss this very frustrating log line, you have to go back to your development environment, define this data that you want to collect and release a new hotfix version, uh, and so on. So we kind of streamline this process, we make it a real-time process. Um, yeah, and, and, and that's basically the, the offering. So when, when people talk about having, you know, adding observability without recompiling, that usually either indicates <clears throat> that you're, you're using existing data that's being, ex, you know, exposed through the, the, the programs, or you are using a language that can be instrumented, which do you have, is there a strategy with, with what you've done? 
Yeah, basically, uh, if if we take a look at most of the backend, we're more focused on the backend and workflows. Uh, 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 um, basically, usually the data that is being collected from the application in production is being defined on the left side during development, uh, whether it's logs, metrics, and so on. So you may tweak out of the data that were already defined, like what kind, for example, using log levels, right? You can define many, many logs, but eventually only some of them will be exposed and will be triggered running in production and you can tweak it, but you can not add new logs that were not defined in the build, right? Um, and this is only one example. The same with metrics, the same with traces. So our idea is first giving you this uh, layer of allowing developers to define new data or what data is being collected from the application at runtime, reacting faster to issues happening in production. And I would say the next generation of the product, uh, which is the first time I'm exposing it out loud, uh, is about allowing you to tweak what data is being generated out of this, the same logs that we were talking about at runtime. For example, if something bad happens, you want to you want the system to react automatically for you and change the log level from you know to from info to debug automatically. Wow. Okay. So this is another uh, evolution or another path that we're taking. Interesting. So but, from that, but but does that mean that you are specific <clears throat> to certain languages or are you agnostic from a technology stack? Yeah, um, we currently support mainly JVM languages. Um, the truth is that we are very coupled to JVM mechanics for now, but you know uh, we're early stage startup, so we do see also uh, supporting most of you know uh, the backend environments as well, such as Node.js, such as Go, such as uh, Python, and so on. Makes sense. Uh, um, I mean, this JV, JVM one is very popular, <laughs> so so yeah. there's a good market for that. But it, frankly, it, it has a lot of control mechanisms baked in because it's been around and, and people have thought about this problem. So it's exactly the place where you can do the type of valuable yeah. instrumentation. Okay. And then from there, right, all you can collect data all you want. How do you then take that, you know, I'm assuming what, what Lightrun's been doing is building an ingest engine of some sorts to help collect all this data. Can you, you tell us a little bit about that too? Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, there are lots of folks out there that will, uh, will be able to develop some uh, injection mechanisms that allow injection of code at runtime. But the issue is how you do that in a safe uh, manner that will you know, be uh, legit to deploy within enterprise organization, high scale environments uh, and so on. So I think that the core technology that was developed here in Lightrun is this sandbox that we were talking about, which is in charge of validating that all insertions first are read only to guarantee mm. uh, stability and integrity of the service. Uh, so we make sure that nothing changes in the you know, original behavior of the application or the original state of the application. And other than that, we also cap the performance footprint uh, um, in terms of CPU, network, memory, uh, you know, following our insertions. So the idea wow, is okay. taking this, this very uh, you know, hack mechanism and to, to make it legit to use in production to govern it with some, I would say, uh, policies uh, such as audit trail, such as role-based access control and so on. Makes sense. Uh, yeah. 
So would that mean that if I had an existing application, we could apply light run to that application? So if I have a Java application, I can come in, I don't have to change, you know, change the code or, or add a whole bunch of instrumentation. I can exactly. just come back. Okay. Exactly. All you have to do is uh, first uh, uh, attach our agent. Uh, it is done simply by adding another uh, JVM argument to your runtime. The second one is using our plugin, which you know we want it to be fully integrated into the current developer's work. So this is why we've developed a plugin for IntelliJ, which allows you, you know, uh, uh, to view the code. And whenever you feel that data is missing, you just right click and complete this data, which uh, mm -hmm. uh, which will be uh, uh, piped both to your local ID to gain more of a local debugging experience or to your APM or login solution, which is already in place in your organization. Oh, okay. So, so your expectation is that, that a customer is able to preserve their logging infrastructure on, yeah. uh, in addition to this. So you're, you're a side-by-side -side from that perspective. Exactly. Okay. So exactly. You're, not, you're not trying to replace what, whatever logging backend they've got. You're adding exactly. more capability into the, into the runtime from that perspective. Okay. Exactly. We do not aim to replace your logging solution, and we are not in the business of visualizing or aggregating the data. We are in the business of defining dynamically, uh, you know, what the application should reveal about itself at runtime. And then this data is piped to, you know, to the standard uh, solutions. Okay, so yeah, so not very disruptive to an existing production application. What you're really able to do is say, oh, I'm, I'm running this stuff. Now I can get more, more data out of it. I can get more capabilities. Interesting. Yeah, eventually the idea is assisting you not only to, um, enhance the data that is being collected in order to be able you know, to troubleshoot issues and have the, all information that is relevant for, uh, for the problem space that you're currently facing, but also um, I would say minimizing the noise because let's face mm -hmm. it, most of the logs that are being generated out there are irrelevant for the problem that you're currently facing. So, yeah, you know, the signal, signal noise way, ratio is, is very hard. So how do you, how do you help a customer <clears throat> fix a signal to noise problem if they have too much noise in their, their channels? What, is, what does that look like? Sure, so um, as for today, um, our production debugger uh, our offering is about giving you the capability to add dynamically new logs or new metrics. And whenever we de deploy the, the product with, you know, with our first customers, we instantly saw some impact about how developers think, um, removing this login formal that they currently have. Uh, and now that they have Lighton in place, maybe uh, you know, this log is, is not so important because I would, be able, I would be able to complete it whenever something happens in runtime. It's not, okay. it, it, it is not a right approach for all the logs out there uh, because some logs are very important uh, historically, right? Um, you want yeah. to aggregate data, you want to analyze, you want to better understand what happened before. But some of the logs, and even a majority uh, uh, of them, are relevant only for a real-time session whenever we try to understand what's, what happens right now. And then maybe you can change your mindset. This is the first mm -hmm. step of, of my, my answer. But the next one would be feeding our agent with signals from your system and allowing the agent to adapt what kind of information the application, uh, you know, again, reveals about itself 
at runtime based on context and based on uh, a state of the application. So eventually you want the application to throw more data whenever, let's say, something bad happens and less data, you know, whenever everything is fine in a healthy situation. Makes sense. Maybe a, you... an example. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Maybe an example? example would be, let's imagine that, you know, you have an alert indicating of a high error rate of a very specific uh, transaction. You want the agent automatically to add more measurements and more, uh, I would say, data that is being that, that should be collected for this specific transaction only for the users that suffer from this specific issue. Otherwise, maybe this data is relevant, so why should we collect it, right? So we want to right. adapt. No, that makes a lot of sense um, from that perspective. And it's interesting because you're making me think about something like an A-B test for logging because it might be reasonable that what you would want to do is say one out of 10 times, you know, turn the logging up on this just to see if there's something that you're not capturing. Um, and if you had the ability to sometimes log at a higher level, but not always log at a higher level, um, you might find, you know, some Eisenbugs that, you know, we're just lost because they're hard to reproduce. So it's really exactly. interesting. So I would say that the next generation of our product would be some kind of a rule management, which will automate our current offering. It will, you know, it will be fitted by um, alerts and events um, from your system based on other solutions that you already have in place, such as alerting mechanisms, such as, you know, APM solutions. And, and, and based on that, the application or our engine will adapt the information that should be collected at runtime. So if something, again, something bad happens, you want more information right. to be uh, generated. But that um, makes a lot of sense yeah. to me in a um, serverless, especially or containerized environment where you're talking about, you know, these are very ephemeral environments. And so when you're bringing a system up, you know, it's 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 going to run with whatever settings you have. The idea that you might change it or spike it or or fix that that logging infrastructure dynamically is you know really important um, for the nature of those environments. Exactly, we kind of claim that you know agility doesn't end uh, with CI/CD. You want to have like like. I would say that the continuous observability and continuous um, debugging uh, practice that we claim to lead um, is about giving you runtime agility capabilities, picking up where CI/CD ends, because agility doesn't end uh, uh, when the service is running, right? You want to have some agile workflows within live services. You want to react fast. Right. You want to react in real time. So uh, I think that, uh, defining what data is being collected from the application should be done on the right hand as well uh, during runtime. So you would describe, you would use the term when we were, when we were talking earlier about shifting left in observability. Right. Is this, is this what you mean from, from, you know, because it usually shift left means you're moving observe, you're moving things towards the developer, towards the right. pipeline. So what is, what does shifting left mean in, in this context? Sure. So it means several things. First, um, shifting left at this context means that the whole uh, responsibility of defining what data is being collected from the application, um, you know, is in charge of developers, uh, as opposed to, to the current workflow where developers define what data is being collected on the left side, but then the ops uh, uh, guys, uh, they manage 
they manage or they are in charge of managing that uh, workflows in production. And we claim that the current workflow is not first agile enough and it's not granular enough because the ops manager first doesn't have this application context that we were talking about like in, uh, 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 two or three uh, minutes ago. Right. So the current ways uh, for him to define or to tune these observability pillars are limited to you know packages, very specific packages or applications. But you want to be able to take into consideration data uh, of very specific users, very specific tenants. You want to add more logs for very specific users that suffer from this very specific problem that you're solving. <coughs> and and in the current workflow, the ops manager doesn't have this type of data. The second one, each time you want to tweak something, uh, or each time you want to um, add these new observability pillars, you have to communicate with the ops manager. And we, as mentioned, we want to streamline this process by allowing the devs to add these pillars without uh, uh, the ops manager to be involved. So I think this Makes would sense. be the summary of shifting left. And I, I, I like it. You would, you would use the term, or I thought I heard you say something about, did you say logging FOMO earlier? Or was that yeah, me mis logging, mishearing it? Yeah. No, you said, um, okay, it was intentional. Yeah. So yeah, logging, yeah, yeah, so FOMO is fear of missing out. So, so exactly. the, <laughs> elaborate on what logging FOMO is, because I, I think that that's useful in this context. I, I had nobody, exactly. I've never heard that term and I like it. So, yeah, because I, I think that you pretty identify, I, I guess you, or, or I hope you identify with, with the problem that, you know, you're logging so many, so much because you're afraid that you will miss this very specific log in a very edge case scenario. But assume that you have this um, capability of completing these logs at runtime. Maybe, maybe you, you will change your mindset, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. No, it's, and this this, is I mean, this is logging, see. turning up logging is terrifying for developers or ops managers, right? It, you can introduce additional bugs or you can flood the system with too much logging um and so exactly. it's it's an important thing to be able to say all right i need more logging but you know because you don't want developers you have the opposite problem too which is developers who who don't don't throw in a whole bunch of log statements because they're worried about you know creating too much noise in the channel or, or making exactly. things not work so much we claim that this problem by the way is uh, is, is created because uh, of the current workflow by which uh, you define the logs and metrics in development, but emit and observe them in production. And eventually it leads to developers overlogging the application, which causes mm. the huge volumes of logs to be emitted and paid for, uh, while the majority of them are irrelevant. And on the other hand, you still have these observability gaps. So something here is broken in the workflow and we kind of uh, uh, want to lead this shifting left observability by giving the developer the power to decide what data is being collected, you know, at, at one time, in real time. That makes sense. The, the idea that I, you know, that we've, we pull logging out of a system is sort of, is, is scary from that perspective. Um, right. Although I, I've definitely been in the case, it's like, well, all right, there's, you know, somebody left way too much logging in. Can you actually go in and, and pull out or, or tell it to ignore like individual messages. You're like, all right, this one just is not useful anymore. Can you fix that without changing the code or add, you know, can you, can you inject the logging, some type of logging data? Again, again, can you please uh, repeat, Rob? Sure, no, so, so I guess the question is, you know, 
and and some of what I'm looking at is is what it looks like your tool's able to do is you're able to very easily add additional logging instrumentation in into the product. Does that then require rebuilding or can you take a existing Not at all. Wow. Okay. Not at all. Yeah. Uh, so you actually raise our agent, application agent, which runs alongside your application. And this agent kind of uh, waiting for users' commands. Whenever a user feels or suffers from this observability gap, um, he triggers using the ID uh, plugin that I, I've described, uh, triggers our agent asking to add these new logs, uh, or again, metrics and so on. And then you're being able to um, see these logs in your created from your application. At runtime, no redeployment, not even restart of the application is required. This is, I think, the powerful part. That is very powerful, right? Because, you know, we love to talk about, you know, building a whole bunch of new stuff, but in a lot of cases, you're using, you know, you, you're, you have code, it's already working, putting it through a whole CI pipeline, even though, right, uh, you know, full stop. Hey, your best practice is to be able to recreate your build and push into production quickly, easily, and repeatably. You should be doing that. Um, but in a lot of cases, you know, that might not be an option to you, or you might have, you might just be like, I don't want to rebuild the code. I just need to get more data so I can figure out what's going wrong. And you're right. Pushing a whole new system through is could introduce. Exactly. Okay. And between us, there are so many, I would say garbage logs out there. Like um, when we deployed our uh, product uh, with some, I would say, I would say uh, um, rapid or, or very tech savvy uh, um, companies, we've seen that Lightrun became a, a very natural extension to their CD pipelines because if they're using if they're using some progressive delivery uh, mechanisms or techniques such as, for example, feature flagging, they want to use Lightrun to validate that once a feature is being exposed, let's say for one percent of, of the users out there. Before they expand to 5%, they want to get better comfort that the feature behaves as expected in terms of flow and data in production. Kind of testing production uh, uh, tooling, right? So they're using Lightrun to validate these uh, flows. If something bad happens and, and it doesn't you know, behave as expected, they roll back. But if everything is fine, they have like much more comfort zone and then they expand the feature. Um, so it's some kind of um, entering into the current workflow as a natural extension to CD pipeline. That's interesting. Can then can somebody take an A/B test from that perspective and then yeah, use, exactly. use Lightrun to to as a as a green light red light type of, of thing exactly. where it would say hey we're hey we're looking at this logs look like they're running clean. You know, so you, you're able to give people sort of a, an aggregate view of, of whether there's issues with the logs from that perspective? Exactly. And we also give them the capability to verify, like, you know, I, I was talking about production debugger approach, but, you know, the, this production debugger is, I think the connotation is about debugging use case. But what I'm trying to say here is that one of the most powerful use cases that we've seen with Lightning is verification issues. Because you don't want these garbage logs to be added in your code, right? You just want to measure something that just happens in production, validate its behavior, and then continue as part of your workflow. And Lightman allows you to do exactly that. So it allows you to add the dynamic, you know, dynamically new logs, new measurements to, to better identify, <coughs> sorry, how your code behaves 
in production within a very specific uh, server or application. And then, you know, each log we, we insert has its own TTL. It's a very, uh, you know, dynamic mechanism. So yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, having a TTL, a time to life, right, on on a yeah. specific uh, log or log capability would mean that, yeah, it's not going to burden you long term. Um, exactly. If, if it's not producing good good data. And yeah, it's, this is right, you know, most people know this, it's always worth repeating, right? Most of the logging tools you pay per data storage, right, per the, per the amounts of logs that you ingest, it's a great business model. Um, and so having something where you're not ingesting logs that you don't need to ingest uh, and analyze uh, makes a big difference on cost, also on the tension and time. So signal to noise is a big, big deal for this. Exactly. Exactly. That's fascinating. So how would somebody try it? What's, what's, the, what's the experience if somebody wants to play with Lightrun and, and instrument one of their applications? Yeah, great question. Uh, well, basically, uh, as for today, um, you have to contact us and, and, and we'll be happy to assist and we'll be happy to set you up. Uh, the onboarding process takes like 30 minutes. Uh, all it requires from you is to install this agent and uh, um, to run it again, to attach it to you to your process as well as to play around with our plugin. But I must say that we are working very hard on our SaaS solution, which will be out there very soon, like, um, uh, uh, um, in the upcoming quarter or two, and then you will be able to, you know, to to have this free trial in, in our site. So, yeah. Elon, this is uh, this is uh, Stephen coming back, and uh, sure. I know I mentioned before we do a half hour, and I have to stop Rob, and uh, so I'm stopping him. But I think I think it went really well, and for our listeners, Elon was first time podcasting, and I don't think any of you would know it. Uh, yeah, and you did a really good job. Um, I know, I know that Rob Definitely. had asked if, um, you know, people get started to reach out to you, uh, any other information or are you guys, I don't know, maybe hosting a webinar or doing some sort of, I guess it's all virtual. Yeah, events. we are. Uh, is there anything we, coming gonna, up? Yeah, we're going to host a webinar talking about agility from development to production, uh, with JFrog, uh, next month, uh, 18th of November. I will, you know, I invite everybody here to join us. We will talk about agility from development to production uh, using JFox pipelines and Lightrun's uh, 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 runtime observability engine. So I'll be happy to see yeah. you. So everyone go out to lightrun.com. You can check out their cool mascot. And let me just ask you a question. The JFrog is Baruch doing the uh, podcast with yeah. you? Uh, yeah. How do you know that? <laughs> oh, we know Baruch. We know Baruch. He's been it's on the a, show. He's been on the show. It's a small, it, you know, it's a small world. It's always Baruch with yeah. his fancy hats and stuff like that. He's he's a fantastic yeah. speaker. So I encourage uh, all our guests to go over to Light Run, check it out, uh, look for that podcast. And Ilan, you know, when Thanks, you want to come back, you were fantastic. As time moves along and you have new stuff you want to share with our audience, please reach out to Rob and myself. And uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, great Thanks, stuff. Thanks, Stephen. Always exciting to see new technology. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks a lot. It was a pleasure for me to, to, to be here and I'll be happy to see, see you again, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having me.